Full Scope, a podcast of two guys in their 20s, giving their perspective on the games that we love, the headlines in pop culture, and the meaning behind it all. I'm your host, Wins Burns, along with my counterpart, Savon Morris. How's it going, man? What's poppin'? What's poppin'? <laughs> got a lot of energy for this one. Got a lot of energy. <laughs> yes, sir. We energy. He's fired up. He's fired up. <laughs> Um, but we're joined once again by a special guest. He's been on a countless times, uh, Maurice Hendricks, um, a multimedia content creator focusing on making music, film production, and video game design. Uh, but Maurice, thank you so much for being on for this one. It's an absolute pleasure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm really excited to get into the topics for today. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, and um, for this episode, we're going to do um, a few album reviews, obviously, Drake's new certified lover boy, Kanye West Don, and then uh, a, a review of uh, Summer Walker's Over It from 2019. And in the second half, we're going to do a review of Moonlight. Um, to start off with Drake's um, new album, Certified Lover Boy, and just thoughts on the heavy amount of features he had on this one, plus um, some of the strengths and weaknesses uh, in his latest six studio album. This was, you know, a lengthy tr- track list that had an impressive collection of features, such as Travis Scott, Lil Wayne, 21 Savage, um, Jay-Z, Kid Cudi, and more. And in songs like No Friends in the Industry, you know, you're hearing a certain bravado and confidence over a charge-up beat. Um, 7 a.m. on, on uh, Brittle Path contains sharp lyricism, him being witty and honest, along with the song like Fair Trade, which just shows his range and shifts in, in and out of him singing on the hooks. And so much has gone into the reception and criticism of this album already, um, as some were expecting, you know, maybe more R&B and others just wanted to straight up a rap project. But Maurice, to you, like, what were your thoughts on just on CLB overall from the times you've been able to listen to it? And, you know, just how even though like this may not be his creative peak, and I've seen a lot of a lot of like mid uh, there there been like a, a lot of people giving it like just mid ratings in terms of just not kind of being overwhelmed with it but what did you kind of think overall and just like he was able to show you know a, a sharp amount of you know detail in certain certain aspects skill but what did you kind of think of how he put this one together and just your overall thoughts on it yeah so so it's pretty interesting because when i first the first listened to the album i don't know if i it was cuz i went into it with a like a judgmental or like expecting something or whatever. I, I just went in trying to overanalyze it instead of just listen to it. And so yeah. when I went in, when I first listened, I was like complaining about the mix. I was complaining about all these different things because honestly, in some of the songs, you can tell they were recorded. Some you could tell that were recorded like in his room, you know, or in his mm-hmm. bed when he was on bed rest from his yeah. knee injury or whatever. And then some of them were like, like especially in the love studio. all. Love All yes. sounded like it really because I heard that like leak for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, some of them sounded like very different with the mixing, yeah. his voice voice levels, and and just it just when I first listened, it didn't it just didn't sound cohesive, um, and so that kind of messed me up with like just listening to the project a little bit. But then as I listened more, I I realized that it's actually not that bad, like the mixing, um, and it it like flows together really well. And yeah, I think I think what the main people people are complaining about are that yeah, he did stay in his bag for this project, which I can appreciate because I think this project really highlighted Drake's best styles, I guess, or what yeah. he does best in these styles that he's done in the past. And I think it's just the highlights of Drake. That's what this album was, and that's what it was supposed to be. Once you realize that, I think you get over the hump of like, oh, every song sounds like a similar bag. He didn't try to do anything new. And I'm glad he didn't because like I not I never really liked when he like like did like when he like cuz people com- people were going to complain either way. They're going to complain yeah. if he's, he's always going to have divisive projects. He's exactly. Div- he even said last November on his IG live that this project was going to be 
hated as much as views. He said, but it's going to be music to evolve to. And I think that's really what this project is. There's a lot of replayable tracks on this one, but maybe the first time you listen to it, it may not be a unanimous, like, just thumbs up that, that you would give some yeah. of these other projects. Yeah, because, like, I, I don't... Because people... I, like, people are going to complain if you tried to steal from someone else's culture. And right. that he didn't do that on this project at all, except for that, uh... The Fountains. Fountains song. Yeah. yeah. People <laughs> were like, oh, I hate when, he, hate when he tries to go dance on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So people complain when he does that, but then they yeah. complain when he stays in his bag. So either way, people are going to, like, you know... Be mad or whatever. So I, I, I'm, I, I like this this project a lot. I think he highlighted his best, his best bag. Um, and yeah, man, it aged so well for me. As I went back it and listened has. to it, I realized what yeah. he was trying to do, and it just all made sense. And also, like, whenever I hear music, I pictured color, like a color tone, based mm-hmm. on the music. I'm just call it chromesthesia. But basically, like, when I was listening to this project, I realized that he really nailed the tone of the music all the way through. Like, all of the music, this whole album, fits, like, a specific color tone the whole time. And that I can really appreciate as well, so. Yeah, and also, I mean, you look at his last album, Scorpion, it was longer. It was 25 songs. This one was 21. Forty even said recently that, I mean, in in an interview a couple years ago, that it's hard for Drake to put together a concise project because he has so many different fan bases to, like, please. He's got, Mm -hmm. you know, the pop fan base, the the rap fan fan base, the R&B, the dance hall. Like, he has so many different fan bases to please like do you think that's the reason why sometimes he can't put like the shorter project that some may want because he just has an extensive list of amount of fans to like actually be able to please and give them what they want yeah he just he's well past doing the shorter albums like yeah you know i think he could if he wanted to but he has no reason to because he's going to keep wanting to do numbers he's going to keep wanting to add the different styles, like you said, to cater to different fan bases. And, like, mm-hmm. I think he did that really well in this project compared to Scorpion, where he made it, like, a such A-side, B-side thing. He, yeah. I don't know what he did differently in this album than his previous albums, but he really nailed the the mixture between, like, uh, one song is pure rap, then another song is more poppy. One song is, like, a radio single. You know, like, he, like, right. like listening throughout the whole album, it wasn't like an immediate like difference between each song. And I think that just goes back to the production style and nailing that like that tone of the album the whole time. So no matter if it's like the radio single or like, you know, pure rap, as long as the yeah. production is in the same bag, then it sounds cohesive all the way through. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Savon, to you, in terms of what you what you felt when you first heard this project or, or the, the few time over the few times that you've listened since last week. What did you think about it? What were like some of like your highlights and maybe things that you wanted him to incorporate that he did in uh, in this project? I almost thought you guys forgot about me, man. I told you <laughs> oh no, 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 no! <laughs> <laughs> it's been so like, long since Maurice has been on. Like it's been like May since the off season. It over. It's the takeover. I'm the co-host now. <laughs> <laughs> it's Maurice's fight. <laughs> no, man. I, I, I saw this uh, meme where somebody put this on Facebook. Drake is not drinking like the other Drakes did. Um, and I think it sums <laughs> up this whole entire project, man. The first listen, I was, I was like, mm, okay. I didn't hear a single. I didn't hear no singles on this mm-hmm. album. People might can say way too sexy is a single. I'm still on the fence about that song. I, thought, mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like it either. I skipped no no. no. I down. skipped it. As soon as I heard I'm too sexy, I skipped it. I went straight 
to but it's um, it's an algorithm type it's, it's gonna get a lot of radio play like, like drake is always gonna yeah. have that that song that's gonna get radio play and this, this was that one his market yeah. is so crazy people gonna love that song because one it, it kind of pay homage to the song i'm two six and four by sure like and yeah. then they got the music video it's, everybody's gonna play because it it's Drake Future and Gunna. Then they got Kawhi on there, bro. That's crazy <laughs> he looks so skim. He looks so <laughs> He was like, bro, why did I like midway? Like, why did I come here? Looking at me, he's like, why am I here? <laughs> I've been stuck in this place. They tricked me. But no, like off the first listen, man, I was like, I don't know. There's, I don't know. I was on the fence about it, man. Like, I mean, I, I the best track on here, one of the best track, kind of got me. I was like, "Girls want girls," had me like, mm, "Okay, I like that, yes sir." Like that okay, yep. people sleep on that one. And then it went to in the Bible, and I was like, "Gideon should never been on this track." Um, mm. it didn't fit, and with Little Dirk and Give, it didn't fit. Mm, Little Dirk killed it. Mm-hmm. Little Dirk had a fight, but just had to give me on the end. I think he was an added addition, just like how Division was on. Um, the other track could be something about on Faithful. Beach. Faithful. Like, they, yeah. at first, he was never on it, and then they added him to it, like, late. So, I felt like... Pimp was C was on that one. Yeah, Pimp C opened it up with his one of his verses. Rest in peace, Pimp C. But then you just keep going. It's like, okay, we get a hint of Draken, Draken, you know, Drake, Draken. But then it mm-hmm. kind of got... I don't know, man. I wasn't into it. Then I listened to it a second time, and then certain songs started popping up, like, Girls Want Girls. Fair Trade was kind of dope. TSU is my favorite. Yeah, um, that's, yeah, that's I right. really like pipe down. Yeah, pipe, pipe down. down is nice. Let me okay. Let me ask you the best song on this track. Y'all probably gonna think I'm crazy. You only live twice. The best song on this album. I, nah, I, 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 I wouldn't say that. I would say Lil Wayne had the Lil Wayne has the best feature to to me on this entire pro, like project. No, his verse like was no, to, to no. me his verse was the best. He started to, he started slow. He started Who, Wayne. Slow. Wayne's yeah. verse started so slow. I yeah, I get that. Ross killed his verse. Drake killed his verse. I had a ha- bro. I don't even get into it. Drake, that's the best song. I don't care what nobody say. <laughs> they slid. Soon as I heard the up tempo beat and I heard Ross come in, I was like, "Yup, this is it." Like, yeah. I was monotone or like in a like nonchalant mood the whole time until that song popped up. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's it. That's the song right there. That should have been like." eons earlier but i mean it was i give it a six out of ten six out of ten seven out of ten it wasn't Mm. like it didn't really impress me you know what i mean like this is better than scorpion that's what i'm saying it's it's a better album than scorpion it's better album than scorpion but it's i don't know it's not it's not his top four or top five not even top six and 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 another (laughs) another one of the critiques is that like some people said oh like i've heard this album before like it's redundant like say like do you Uh think that was one of the things that made you give it that rating is that you've kind of like heard this album before and it it may be a little played out i think he overthought this album if i and i love what reese said that you know he kind of did i think he overthought it though i think he took songs that were supposed to be on this album that would have made it even better and then he chopped it up he made um the little ep he did with what's next and um other songs mm-hmm. and i think some of those songs were supposed to be on the album he yeah. always thought he was like, okay, I'm not really ready. I think he's missing something, so I'm going to make this an EP. And then I'll say, okay, it's ready. No, it's not ready. Let me add something else. And you know what's crazy? I think he added Too Sexy. Too Sexy was never on this album. Mm-hmm. I think he added that late. Um, I think he added um, the Kid Cudi song. Yeah, after the Kanye I beef. I don't think he should have had that on there. Um, hmm. 
Knife Talk. Knife Talk. That song is so trash, too. bro. Oh no, my goodness. No friends in the industry was not on this album until probably, until, probably yeah. a month ago. The yeah. yeah. 7 a.m. on Brittle Path. He probably recorded that last week. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> like he that, though. I thought he oh, yeah. That was a killer. That was a killer song. His bars were there for sure. Yeah. That the knife talk song though, come on, that's got to be the worst song on the he album. He was paying hom. I, I I didn't like that song, but he was paying homage to Project Pat, bringing him in because like a lot of people like that's a legendary Memphis rapper, and he was he always tries to incorporate like older older artists and also right. bring in yeah. new artists. So I, I saw the vision, but it just it wasn't a song that I connected. Yeah, and twenty one. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that was. I wanted to hear Mister Right Now Part Two when they did it last year. I mean, I, I, <laughs> that one did not. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. Ever I, ever since sneaking, they've been downhill, bro. Yeah, their, their collabs. <laughs> <laughs> he he steps it up for J Cole, not Drake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Uh, yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. He always gets these other get J Cole. That's on what the I'm album. saying. Please, when is that gonna happen? Y'all in the car together, you know what I mean? Just get him on the album. And I think the last that's song, the feature I was looking for. Yeah. The last one they made was um, "Can I Hit it in the Morning?" Right? That's the last mm-hmm. one they ever made. I mean, none of the none of them have come like none of the top three have collabed in a in a long time. Same with Big oh. Sean either. Like either any of them. Yeah. And now now for the intro, because because Savon, we're always I'm well, I'm really really big on intros, and Drake has always had like just fantastic intros. Mm-hmm. Maurice, to you in terms of champagne poetry, like where would you like like, how good of an intro was that to start off this album? Like, did you, you feel like over time that one grew in you? Or just kind of like, what were your thoughts on, on that type of intro? Because that was a, a very lyrically heavy one where he just, you know, no no hook or anything, but just goes off for five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, to be honest, I don't I don't get what the hype behind it is. You know, I like the track. Of course, the sample is amazing. But like, yeah. I feel like he didn't, like, he didn't say much in terms of like what the content was. It was kind of stuff we've already heard. You know, like yeah. what he was talking about. You know, of course, his flow was there. His the the wordplay was there. But like I said, he just to me, he wasn't saying that much. And and usually on his intros, he's like saying a lot. You know, what I'm saying he's like introducing you to like the a project. like a deep pockets intro. Yeah, yeah. Like he's yeah. he's That's yeah. Hard. And so I'm like, this is definitely not one of his best intros. You know, I honestly it might be one of his worst. I'm not even gonna hold you. But yes. it's still good. Don't get me wrong. It's still a good it's, it's song. Still, it's a really good intro. Yeah, but just amongst his other intros. It doesn't, you know? yeah. Because yeah. that's the thing. We're comparing Drake against Drake. We're not comparing Drake against any other artist. That's what. Exactly. That's no, where, like, when we rate these albums. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. When we rate these albums, it's different because against any other artist, like, yeah, Drake has one of the, has a very good album always. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like, Savon, do you think that's another thing, like, especially with this intro as well, it was a good intro, but it just didn't, it, it wasn't like a Tuscan leather or over my dead body type of intro. Mm-mm. Not even close. Yeah. And those are crazy. Um, but for this one, it was just like, he was just, I think he was baiting us up. I think he was taking his time with like, like we say, he really didn't talk about anything. Like he was just living, just like amping it up. But it, besides the, you know, the intro song, the entire build up to this album and this album to be like, eh? Really rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know about you guys. That made me a bit nervous because the hype, especially after this trailer, the one thing that made me nervous about this album was okay, there's a little bit too much hype. Like, Uh sometimes when there's a a hype, but just like way over the top, it can kind of like this, like like the expectations come up short. Like, do you, Maurice, like to you, was that another thing? Like, the hype just maybe have been like the the build up because we wanted this album so quick 
that the, that the buildup in terms of the expectations just didn't meet what we wanted. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like the hype was there, especially when he released the trailer. But I think yeah. he played his cards right when he just didn't say anything for months because the hype died down a little bit and people got more focused on Donda. And the only reason why it stayed relevant in comparison to Donda was because people were comparing them to. Like, Drake didn't really hype up Certified Lover Boy. I mean, he had the whole, like, heart in his head. But, like, if you think about it, I feel like Views was his most over, like, or hyped-up project, you know what I'm saying, ever, yeah. like, to this day. And, like, I don't think Certified Lover Boy That's was That's why I criticize so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I will say this. The marketing for the features was the best yes. I've never seen I that. love that. For That's Views incredible. or for Certified Lover Boy? No, certified yeah, so Oh, he, oh, yeah. Like, when wait, he said, hey, California, give me an entire dollar sign he, on the album. He did that on Scorpion, though. He did that for With Scorpion. Billboards? Yeah, not for the features, but he did for the features, song. Yeah. He did song titles for Scorpion. Oh, for the for the features, that's dope, though. Yeah. I, I mean, Even Nigeria. Yeah, put it up in Nigeria for Tim's. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty crazy. dope. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, I feel like... So, so that being said, with the hype... He played it right because he let the hype die down a little bit. I mean, it was still relevant, like I said, because of the Kanye situation. But... And one thing I noticed on this album is he I felt like he didn't take himself seriously, which I which is why some of the which is why most of the songs are so laid back and why people think they're mid is because he didn't try he was he loose like yeah, he was very loose he didn't like usually Drake is like very like like the loudest in the room, like I'm the best, you know, but on this album he was just very like he already knows he's there, so he doesn't well, have sir's- to. And, certain songs he was yeah. like he was with the yeah, yeah. With, of course he, he has to do a little bit of both but I think that's why yeah. people are confused and that's why I was confused the first listen because I got both I got mostly laid back and then occasionally he would spit like really hard and it kind of yeah. confused me because I'm like whoa this is a sudden change up and so also he split a lot of tracks into two parts where like half of it was like you know like the laid NCD. back instrumental and then yeah and then the second yeah. half was like him going hard and so I think that confused a lot of people too. And they wanted him to just stay in one bag or the other instead of trying to do all of it in one song. So I think I think that's why it's getting a lot of criticism, not so much more the the anticipation, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And and, and Savon, in terms of like the newer features he had, he had Yeba and, and Tim's, like, like was there a certain like in terms of what they brought to the table, like a different sound, like did either one of those stand out to you? Because they the Yeba's heartbreak, I feel like that was an amazing interlude and really flowed well with the album. What were kind of your thoughts on on the like some of the newer features he had for this one? I think Tim's was like a great marketing because she just she was on this feature that this song that everybody loved, Essence. Yeah, with so she's hot right now. Mm-hmm. So I think that's another song that just made the album because you're like, hey, let's you know what I mean? Maybe he had another dance hall type feel, and he was like, well, let's put teams on it, mm-hmm. Tim, whatever her name is, on yeah. it, and you know, let's market it right. She's popping right now. But um, I'm not even familiar. I know you think I'm crazy. I'm not even familiar with Yeva. I, I just found out about her when yeah, he either. announced it. I listened to her the day of the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, same, same. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like the song. Though. It was it was a great slowdown. Yes. A great intermission. And then I wish... No, mm, no, nah, nah, No Friends in the Industry was a great song after that. Because now, let's get into it. I think... Now, thinking about it, I think... The order of the songs were were perfectly matched. Now, okay, yeah. like you said, the first half we give you, I'm a panda to East Side. That's what he always says. He was like, I do a great job of pandering to people who want dancehall, people who want straight bars, people who want the club hits. Like, 
I hate to say it, way too sexy. I think Girls Want Girls should be played in the club. Lil Baby yeah. slid on his. Yeah. And he actually Break and Baby don't miss together. So. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Not since in yes, in, in yes indeed. Yes indeed. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> hard. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think the structure of the, the album was dope. I just, like you look at View, even, no, I would say even Scorpion. I think he had a better way of more hits on Scorpion. emotions. Well, that too, but I feel like he had more of an avenue to channel his aggression because he was angry on mm-hmm. Scorpion. He was angry on Views because of Meek Mill and some other situations. And then you have him beefing with um, Kanye still and then Pusha T, T. And we get eight, 8 out of 10, which is a fire track still. And we, I feel like he channeled his energy way better. Like you said, he was more fired up on Scorpions. This way he was just laid back. And he was being patient until he kind of, you know, crescendo. So that's probably, like you said, threw people off. But hey, yeah, it's about to go platinum. So it will. <laughs> it's going to do numbers again, even if it's. Even if it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter yeah. what he puts. It's going to go platinum. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, he literally broke the record for the most streams in a day. Yep, like in a, in a single day. Yeah, yeah. Um, like it's so but, funny because like he's not even like the number one most streamed artist on Spotify, but he's like still yeah. like breaking the record. He is, can be argued to be the best rapper, not MC, rapper alive. Yeah. The best rapper of oh, When he bars up, it's, 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 it's unlike anybody. Yeah, I mean, has broken records and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and now getting to like the top three favorite tracks from, from this album for you guys. Um, for, for me, like Fair Trade, 7 a.m. On, on Brittle Path, Pipe Down are, are like three of my top ones. Maurice, like to you, kind of like what are what are some of your like top three favorites on, on this album? Yeah. Okay. So definitely, girls want girls, just because yes, they sir. just I, I don't know what that track yeah. is just crazy. I got to go as a solo. <laughs> Clear out. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, I would say fair trade is up there for me. Um, and mm-hmm. you know the third place is really hard to choose from because I heard Sue a long time ago because it used to be called Not Around. Um. Yes, but like I, I don't know. I kind of want to give it to the remorse or pipe down. One of those two. Mm. One of those two. I think pipe down maybe. Pipe down is just man. He was in his bag on that one. He was yeah. in his. Somebody yeah, hurt his. Somebody broke his heart. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I feel like I feel like this album had more hits than uh than the Scorpion views. Oh yeah, views, Scorpion man. and views. I just feel like. Oh, wait. No, no, look, look. look. Hear me out. The reason why God's people... plan, guys. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, look. The reason why people aren't perceiving these num- these as hits is because there's so many highlights that everything seems mid. That's my argument for why mm. people aren't seeing that there's like a lead single. It flows or like, together too well. Exactly. So every song is such like at a high level that no one just stands out as better than the other, if that makes sense. I, yeah. That's how I view it. Most... Most of all these songs are album songs. Yes. Yeah. That's why Not he didn't release a single. Yeah. He never Except for Laugh Now, Cry Later like, last year, which he said was supposed yeah. to be out, but it never made yeah, it. Yeah, it didn't it wasn't even on the album. Yeah. It should have it been. It should have been. That's that was oh, better man, than Way Too right. Sexy. I'm sorry. That that's just a better song. Yeah. Get out of here. People <laughs> saying that people saying that Way Too Sexy is uh his hot shower. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I don't know about that, but it is a bad song. That's a it's a, ba- it's a bad song, but it ain't that bad. <laughs> nah. Yeah, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be popular for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but to you, Savon, kind of like what were your, your top three favorite tracks off this album? 
So that's crazy. You guys top three just just highlighted which type of music you guys. Yeah, like. we have a different so taste. <laughs> well, not even a different taste. I like you know saying bar heavy lyricism, which is really dope. Um, so girl wants girls is definitely um this is not in a particular order. It's one. TSU, mm-hmm. I know I've heard it before, but it's he was drinking on that one. Like, so good. The beat switch up mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah, yeah. And then you already know you only live twice. Like, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. That's crazy. It took Wayne a, a, a little bit to get there, but his bars started coming. Yeah. yeah. After that, he was going. He was like, got lines, got girls in the line. Like, he just, oh my God. Sit down. Bro. Sit down. <laughs> Sit down, boy. That was the one as a bar, bro. So who so yeah. Savon, who was your best feature on this album? Who did you think had the best feature? Ah, uh, Drake, please, 100. Wait, wait, Drake on his own album is the best feature? Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> wait, oh, no, what? <laughs> Drake featuring Drake? <laughs> he, hey, <laughs> you said that a while ago, bro. He said all y'all He predicted it. He predicted it. <laughs> no, um, no, 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 little baby. Little baby. Because he actually, I saw an interview because he said he only writes, he does only person that really makes him write and makes him think is Drake. Mm-hmm. So every time Drake asked for a feature, he actually wrote that. So that, that yeah, yeah, his verse was fire. So he wrote that. Uh. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Maurice, to you, kind of like what was what was your best feature off of this one, in your opinion? Definitely Lil Baby. I think, and a lot of people are saying that he carried the song, which I don't necessarily agree. I think Drake, you know, stayed in his lane for what he wanted to do with that song. And then Lil Baby just passed, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. you know, Drake just let it happen, you know what I'm saying? So I think Lil Baby for sure. Um, or either it's it's between Lil Baby and I think Travis Scott did a really good job as well. I really so. like Travis Scott's one. Yeah, I really yeah. like Travis Scott's one. Very like he always changes the the dynamic of any song that he's on, which I yeah. really appreciate. Like, like <laughs> yeah. Like he has this dark, like psychedelic tone that he brings to every song and it even like changes up the beat and stuff. So wait, what did you guys think about Jay-Z? Jay-Z on Love All. Did that live up to the the Drake and Jay-Z? History, I, it's not, it's not pound cake, but but yeah, no, it, it was still, it was pound still. cake is the best one. No, 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 nothing yes. was yeah. pound cake ever. It, it's a yeah. good song, but like, you know, again, it's like we're comparing we're a different Jay Z. Yeah, though. yeah, exactly. We're Great. comparing themselves. We're comparing them to themselves. You know, we're and even with the 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 Rick Ross and um, Wayne song, that's Wayne. definitely not the top uh, mm-hmm. of them either. You know. Save on my yeah. thing differently though. I don't know. <laughs> Yo, bro, slid, bro. Like, come on. Drake said I had to a lot of women to get this kid. I had to live it up, bro. Do it all, bro. Flex. Do it all, Flex. bro. Come on. But no, we're here. We're he here. said he won the co-parenting award. He said he said he won the co-parenting award. <laughs> <What? laughs> this guy is a crazy. Yo, absolutely um but but now transitioning to kanye west donda review and just thoughts on if his creativity was still shown throughout um in this latest album from kanye his kent studio album there are moments of sincerity with this being dedicated to his deceased mom and and saying some spectacular music in certain areas um the scope of this and how it's just way more expa- way more expansive than any track that he's put out in the last few years with 27 songs a lot of the songs are exploratory he tries to um highlight spiritual spiritual death in songs like 24 heaven and hell and even come to life and with him and his co-producers you know essentially having two separate palettes in it 
being confrontationally synthetic and another portion of it being dominated by organs and choral uh, vocals. It's an interesting mix and um, has a certain type of collision. But uh, Maurice, what were your initial thoughts on Donda and just how there was an interesting mix of ideas that didn't always co coalesce into beats and concepts that worked in isolation, but you still had, you know, high level of moments and some of the features really showed up on this one. Yeah. So uh, similarly to the Drake project, I think I went in with the wrong mindset. And so I was analyzing everything and I thought the mixing was bad again. And you could tell because he literally recorded half the songs in the stadium. And I'm like, that's yeah. not an ideal like show. environment to record <laughs> in at all. <laughs> and it definitely showed because you could tell that there were like literal like different mixing that he did throughout the project. Um, so, but again, I think, I think one thing that Kanye West will always do is explore new things, try new things with his musicality. Um, even on this project, I think he didn't do that as much. Um, you know, as far as other albums, like he didn't pioneer anything new necessarily in this album. But I think he also kind of highlighted what he's done in the past in terms of like the style of music and like the experimentation that he did. So he kind of highlighted that throughout this album and kind of paid homage to his older albums with the sound. Um, and so I really appreciated that because when I was listening to this album, I'm like, only Kanye can make this song, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's that's kind of like unlike he blends, he blends genres very well. Exactly, and that's like unlike any other artist. You know, not not many artists can do that. And Kanye just does that really well because he is a producer and an artist. Um, and he also just has so so many people with him in the process of making it that it makes it more than him. You get what I'm saying? So like, right. It just it just improves the the potential of the the album. And uh, yeah, man, when I was listening to this, I was like, only Kanye could do this. Only Kanye, which yeah. I really appreciated. So, Yeah, absolutely. So, Savon, to you, kind of like what were your initial thoughts on some of the listens you had from it? And just and just the fact that there was so much put into the hype of this of this album, like three different listening parties. Some people were wondering, like, when was it ever going to come out? But just kind of like what were your thoughts on just the final product that was put together? And, and do you feel like it sounded like a, a cohesive type of Kanye project? This album moved Kanye West. Out my top five. You said out? out your top five? Out my top five. I did not like it. <laughs> did not like it. Oh I stopped it at okay. And I was like, okay. And then I turned it off. <laughs> like, I did not <laughs> like it. This album. I really didn't like it, bro. This, I, but I will say this, like Reset, he will try new things. Him being producer is one of his best qualities as a rapper yeah. or an entertainer, whatever you want to call him, because he has so many ghostwriters to write his rhymes, which mm -hmm. I really don't like anymore. But um, he's a he's a he's a guy. Who's, I think he's still a musical genius, but this was not my taste of music. This was not it, mm. and I was mm. like, "What?" But some people said that they 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 don't feel as though they'll ever connect with Kanye's music again because they that no. they won't hear that sound that he once had. Mm -mm. Yeah, he, I agree. This is not a uh work it like this ain't that like yeah. yeah it's not that whole album bro you can run these albums you can run um wake up Mr. Wet oh uh, yeah like we don't have that you know mm -hmm. not no that's not good morning that's um I heard him say oh I heard him say nothing's never problems tomorrow today like bro where is that yeah yeah like yeah it's different you yeah. know what I mean I know you got involved as a rapper but I'm not with your evolution mm mm and, 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 oh, sorry. Yeah, I, no, I mean, that's that's another one of the things because it's just like 
most people feel like ever since Life of Pablo, or maybe even my my beautiful darkness with fantasy, they're never gonna get like that type of vintage Kanye project. Like Savon, like do you think that's it's one of those things where he's maybe just the sound that he's in and the space that he's in is, is so different than what we used to hear. That that's that may be why like we won't hear that type of project again. Do you think that his his creative process is just like kind of far off from what we like once used to know as his central sound as one of the top five like favorite rappers everybody had? You know, I don't think he's doing anything different. Man, I don't really know. I'm not in his life. I'm, I don't right. really know the guy. But it seems like he was in fashion when he was making these other top albums. He was, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, being crazy, bipolar, you know what I'm saying, dealing with his issues and still making great music that, you know, stand the test of time. This mm-hmm. album, a lot of people said they didn't make it past the seven song. Or yeah. just, like, all this collabs that he had with this album. A lot of people he pissed off with this album. Like, it was just... The energy, I don't like the energy that surrounded Donda. And I, I and it's so crazy that he did this for his mom, but you know the negative energy he has around it. It was even um Andre three thousand said like I love the concept he had, the song we did. He didn't have that diss track on there. He was, mm-hmm. you know, so that's yeah, he even wanted to be on Drake's mom. album. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like that energy you surrounded this album that was dedicated to your mom, bro. To your yeah. mom, bro. Like, mm. what space are you in? Like, I. What space are you in for this to be like a, a project for your mom and then it just goes straight left? Yeah, like, I can so, agree with that. Yeah, I just I didn't like the energy. I don't like the evolution of it. Like I, you know, I don't want to say I'm stuck on old Kanye, but even with man, I am stuck on old Kanye. It just I mean, <laughs> that's the thing. Some people are like some people are because I know some people that that really like that that just were not into the overall scope of this project and, and, and the sound of it. Like they said, there were a few highlights and you still, could, you, you could hear like, especially with the Lauren Hill sample uh, and, and believe what I say, like you could hear some, 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 you know, uh, certain parts of what he used to sound like, but overall just wasn't that co- like cohesive sound. Like Maurice, like, do you feel as though, were, were there any highlights? Because obviously there were some, some good features, but were there any highlights that made you feel as though I would, I would go back and listen to this project again? Well, yeah, I think I can definitely agree with what uh, you and Savon were saying. With, like, yeah, he did surround this energy, like, negative energy along this album. Because, like, he literally named it after his mom, dedicated to his mom. But, like, yeah. where where was the the homage to his mom at? You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't really mm-hmm. talk that much about his mom, except, you know, at, on the chant, obviously. Um, and then, like, one or two more songs later in the, in the, in the, in the album. And I think... I think it's like so. I think the first eight, I think, or so songs, all the way up into Junior for me, was like really solid. I almost I like saved the, like, like every one half. of them. Yeah. yeah, I almost saved like every one of them. And then after that, it just got really slow. Like he just really just slowed down and stayed there. And I think that's where a lot of people were like, okay, I expected more of the first half stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I'm I'm not gonna say I didn't appreciate the slower stuff because I liked some of it. I didn't save any of it, but I liked it at least. Um, and I thought the direction he was going was kind of where he wants to head in terms of the music he wants to make. And so, like, my highlights were definitely Vori. Like, definitely the best yes, feature. Yeah, he killed us. Yeah. Like, on Jonah, probably my favorite song. And then also uh, No Child Left Behind. Um, off the Grid I, was fire, too. Yes, Off the Grid. Yeah. yeah <laughs> off the Grid. Of course, Hurricane. Hurricane. You know, yep. I, I've been waiting on that song since, like, 2016 when it first was supposed Man. to come out. Like, and I heard, I've been hearing all the leaks. I've heard all the leaks up until now. I will say, I kind of like the OG version a little better because it's like that vintage sound that Kanye had. Mm-hmm. But I think 
you know, he shaped Hurricane to be what it's meant to be on this album, which I can appreciate as well. But I yeah. I do like the older version better. So, but yeah, were definitely. you a fan of Jail? Did you like Jail? Uh, yeah, I, I like Jail. I, I, I uh, yeah, yeah, I, I like Jail. Um, Jay Z had a solid feature. Um, and I think the overall premise of it, it was pretty good. So, I mean, like I said, I, I think that we still got some of, we still got highlights of what Kanye's done in the past. You know, mm-hmm. I think he, he, he kind of like combined all his albums into one with this album um, and tried different things. So, you know, I appreciate that part of it, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, obviously, with, with just the comparison op- with um, CLB and Donna being released around the same time, there were going to be obvious comparisons to it. Maurice, mm-hmm. can you like, like, in terms of like how these albums will be compared over the years, like, these are like projects later in these guys' careers, like uh, Kanye's 10th album, Drake's sixth album. Like, how do you think they will be compared in some, terms of the similar aspects? Because they, they didn't get unanimous approvals, but some, both people, I mean, both sides could see some of the highlights, but for, for a lot of people, Kanye's just wasn't the one that um, was able to, to be an album that you can just go back to and listen to a lot. Yeah. I think it's also because, you know, similar to what Savon said about just, like, not being able to relate to his music anymore or not being able to connect with it on that level, I think it's, like, a change in audiences because he's, like, changing, like, to gospel, I guess, inspired music. And he's always had, like, a hint of gospel with the samples and stuff that he's used in the past. But it's obviously been, like, on a, a different level of what the content he was talking about and stuff and the types of songs he was making. Um, and so I think, like, I think he's he's growing as a person and, and like, his music doesn't reflect that anymore. Um, and so it's just, like, people can't relate to it because that's not them. And so I think that's what the main reason why and like I feel like Kanye's just not hungry anymore. Like that's that's mm. what's missing for me. Like I feel like in his older projects, he was very hungry to prove himself as a as a musical genius. But now that he's there, he's just like like constant like he's just like comfortable, I guess, with where he's at. And he's not like he's not he doesn't have that drive anymore. So he's just kinda like throwing stuff out there and hoping it lands. That's how I view it, at least. Do you, do you think that's the same thing for Drake? So do you think, like, some people would say, like, oh, like, this wasn't as good because he's at the top? I mean, no. I think I think the difference is... So, the difference is Drake realizes that he's at the top. And he, he like, plays into it. He, like, mm, yeah. literally wrote... He, the Girls Want Girls Bar, for example. You know, uh, she said she a lesbian girl. Me too. Something like that, right? Everybody's talking yeah. about that line. Drake knows that it's such a corny bar. Like he played into, <laughs> you know, he he played into the the aesthetic, and that's what he's doing. I think with this whole with that whole album he did, he was the like his people the have style always called like, him soft. People have always called him soft. Yes. so he's like, I'm gonna name my 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 album Certified Lover, which is exactly. The soft <laughs> and he leaned into that sound. Like I, one thing I told you was like. And there's a sound that he did. It's like la- it's like lazy auto tune, where basically you let the auto tune oh, do all the work. You know, when you're yeah. singing, you, we know Drake can sing. You know, a little bit, I guess. But like, he he let the auto tune do all the work, and it's like sloppy. You know what I'm saying? But that's the sound of today. That's like how modern mm. rap sounds. You know, and so he leaned into it. Whereas Kanye, I feel like he was still trying to push the agenda. I guess of like that he was like the sound creator, and it just didn't land because that's just not where music is, you know, these days, so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, Save on to you. In terms of, like, looking at both albums, 
Um, do you think in, in any way, because obviously like like the beef was like extremely high with them, like do you think in, in terms of any of the attention of the beef took away from the attention of their albums in, in certain parts? Like do you feel as though like if they were in, in separate spaces, it may have benefited their albums more because they both did amazing numbers, but obviously like the beef was hovering over it and people were kind of like thinking of both of them in, in, instead of just separately. No, I think that amped it up really. I think, yeah. Thinking from a marketing standpoint, if you're beefing and you drop albums within days or weeks of each other, <laughs> one does ask, yo, that's crazy. Let's mm. see who's better, who's at a better spot in the who's music at the top. game. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what mm-hmm. rap is all about. Everybody wants to be the number, the best rapper or the best entertainer or whatever. Let the number show mm. for himself. CLB killed Donda. <laughs> let's, let's call it. <laughs> I think it amped it up. I, if, I think they dropped separately. I think Donna went and waned a little faster. I mean, it's still still fairly new, but everybody really not rocking with it. But CLB is such a way better album than Donna that everybody just like, mm-hmm. you know, Weedy Hunt Jr., like they're going over here. Like I want, you know, some you know, bigger and better. So I, I think it ended up as a marketing standpoint. I think it was, it was good, good for both sides to see who's mm-hmm. better, what music people rock with who, who, who love Suso. Absolutely. Yeah and, and, yeah, and one more thing before we move on, because obviously with Drake, with nothing was the same, take care if you're reading the Sule projects like that, those are viewed as like some of his best. Like, do you guys think he'll ever get to that part where like he can have another like classic project or do you think it's one of those things where, you know, he, he's still going to make quality music, but he may never get to that level again because you can never underestimate him. But some people are wondering like, will he ever get to that just that part where he has just a perfect album that you just really can't skip again. Hmm. I, I guess I'll take it first. I think the, the better question is, does he need to? That's, yeah, that's the thing. Really, he doesn't really need it. Yeah, when I when I think about that, I'm like, he's proven. Those are the Everything. days when he was hungry. I'm not yeah. saying Drake yep. is you know, hungry, but he has no competition. Yeah. Whatsoever. Now he's just doing what he wants to do. He's doing music because everybody want you know, damped him in the, oh, you just sappy. You are uh, a Ja Rule steroid type guy, just singing <laughs> and, you know, talking about love. But he said himself, I made a killing, a living off talking about my past relationship or stuff like that. So now he has nothing left to prove. That's a better yeah. question. What, what else do you have to prove? What does that prove? Yeah. 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 I definitely agree. Like, like, he doesn't really need to. And that's why he's not going to anymore. And I feel like… You know, I think you reach a point in your career where you've you've done like the the classes are classics for a reason because at that time you needed to do what you needed to do. You set the tone for whatever to happen, and it happened how it's gonna happen. And so now he's at a point where that stuff has happened, and he's doing what he needs to do now, which is just continuing to release good music. It doesn't have to be the best he's ever done, obviously, because he already did that. Like he already put out stuff at the time that was better than everyone else, you know? So now he's just putting out just good music and that's how he keeps his sales up. That's how he, like, stays relevant, you know, stays on top of the game. And, you know, he proved he proved that with this, like, album cover. Like, that's how I know he wasn't trying because he just threw the album cover. Like, a memeable, a memeable uh, cover yes. that was going to get replayed, get people talking yeah. about the album before it came out. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> I still, like, I just, I really hate that that's the album cover. Like, yeah. I know it's, like, all for, like, the... So people will talk about it, but I just like do album covers really matter that that much? Like some people I, say, like there are some classic albums that don't have great album covers. He's never really had like a outside of views. He's never really had like a great album cover. Who Drake? I feel yeah. like Drake's album well, covers take are care, pretty solid. Take, take, take care. care was 
nothing was that the way, same. Do you? Yeah, that's what, I feel like they're pretty solid. He, like, some no. people, but, no, some people have said that. Like, if you if you compare it to Kendrick's album covers, which like it makes you think of a certain like certain event, like to Pimp a Butterfly yeah. or even Good Kid. I, I'm comparing it to things like that. He does have good album covers, but in terms of things that make you think of a certain event or a certain moment. Some people have said that it's been like a basic type of cover, even though I I do think it's good covers. But to like other artists who who have like who are more who make more concept type of driven albums, yeah. Some people will say like it's not that expansive. That's what I mean. Yeah, I mean I think that's just because Drake just talks about himself. He's very introspective yeah. in his albums, and so like whereas the other artists they're more conceptual, they're like more concepts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It just matches yeah. what he's talking about in the album. I think. Mm-hmm. And if you Definitely. think about it, his his cover arts is really telling. Like the hands in the cloud. That's Tells you a lot. I'm coming it's to the out, top. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Out my head's in the yeah. cloud, thinking about a lot of, you know what I mean? I want to get into it. And then views, like, yo, I'm at the top. That was amazing. I'm yeah. at the top. Like, what were we <laughs> doing, you know? Seeing top. <laughs> top of my city, you know? Exactly. <laughs> um, but but now transitioning to, to Summer Walker's uh, over review and just expectations for her upcoming new album. Um, in her debut album from 2019, just the slow groove R&B sound that she has is something that um, she's grown to be just so prolific in and considered to be one of the best in her genre. Um, her detail is so rich in the moments that, you know, come directly before she reaches her breaking point, uh, especially in a song like Playing Games. But her writing is vivid and she addresses making real misguided decisions that uh, happen when you're over a situation or trying to convince yourself that you are. But Maurice, to you, in terms of like, what, what were your thoughts on the Over It debut and just how Summer Walker pays homage to older, um, more traditional R&B, but also has music of the moment that, that is just still relevant even today? Yeah, man, I I really love this album, man. Like I I wasn't expecting it either. Like when I when I listened to it, like I probably listened to it a long time ago, um, but like I just really enjoyed the production as well. Like I think the it, she nailed this tone as well. It was like very dark and rich, and I didn't expect that because the album cover is like pink and like it just it seems like it'd be more like popish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But she stayed in that lane of like that dark like. R&B, which I really loved. Um, but yeah, I think she definitely, she made her presence known as far as like, I'm out here and I'm slaying it in R&B and like, I'm like one of the best doing it right now. So I, I really like this album. Yeah, absolutely. I- I'm Savon, to you, kind of like, just what were your thoughts on this album as, you know, she's she's one of the best in her genre. Um, you know, she's got an album coming up a- later this year, but what did you kind of feel as though she she did well and executed well on this project? Um, there she had certain songs that I really like. I think as a an entire project, I didn't think it was her best music so far. I think the other music she released beforehand, like Last Days of Summer, the Clear EP, mm. were way better tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Last Days of Summer was a more. I mean, it didn't have that many hits on there, but I think it flowed better. It was like and a I cohesive think, project. Yeah, and she was still in herself. I think for that, for over it, it was more. Um, commercial mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. sounded commercial. commercial hit yeah and she had a fe- she had features on there that i never thought she would you know jail with like black i'm gonna say I, I, i'm a big fan of black and yeah. like you know bryson tiller getting on the end of playing games he, he really he really didn't do anything to it enhance the song but <laughs> i like playing games without him actually compared <laughs> yes. to like what he's actually yes. <laughs> yeah that was the one i saved <laughs> <laughs> like bro like enhance the song enhance yeah. it but you know what I mean? As a, I, I didn't think it was a best project. Hopefully, this album after the pregnancy, she has a lot to talk about. London on the track, and then um, 
<laughs> bro, why she beefing? But no, no. I think hopefully she has been better music. Why yeah, did she I mean, put uh, Girls Need Love on there again? The remix? Yeah. No, nah, but she already had the remix on the sun. Last the, Days of Summer. Yeah, yeah. She already... I'm like, is she just boosting the numbers? Like, I noticed that. Was that on Deluxe? It wasn't on Last Days of Summer. Nah, if you look, uh, it says Last Days of Summer. Just the, the regular version, right? Girls Need the Love. Regular the regular version. Yeah, the regular version. When After Last Days of Summer dropped, then a couple months after, Drake hopped on it and she released the remix as a single. And then she put it on the album. What? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So the so he did the remix for the Over It album, and then she put the the remix on the Last Day of Summer album after it came out. No, 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 no. Because if you go look on Spotify now, it's like on the Last Day of Summer album, the remix is at the bottom. They must have like added it because I'm looking on Apple Music right now. It is not. It only girls who love the regular ones. Okay, okay. That makes more yeah. sense. I was wondering. I'm like, dang. Well, I actually <laughs> see the remix. I see the remix now on it. <laughs> on Spotify? Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, it. dang, is she milking this, isn't she? No, yeah. no. Nah. The remix came out there last season of summer. Okay. Like, it okay. came. Like, last season of summer right. been out for a while. And then, yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Not <laughs> there he goes again. <laughs> no, I'm trying. <laughs> um, uh, but in, ter- Maurice, in terms of, like, just the next thing you want to hear from her, like, do you feel as though it's more of this that you would like to hear or, or maybe just an addition to, like, something she can expand on, on more of her sound? You know, I think, uh, like Savon said, I think, you know, these these songs were definitely more commercial. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I, I can appreciate that because, like, you know, she's getting the numbers. She's doing her thing. So, um, but I would like to see more of like the last day of a summer feel where it's like yes kind of more that homemade like you could tell like it came from a place of not trying to uh have a radio single or like have these popular songs it just really came from a place of like Mm -hmm. i want to put out like music that's that people can relate to i don't know how to describe it because it's not i'm not saying that you you can't relate to her music on over it i'm just saying like like there's just like certain it's more of a pure sound. Yeah, like it's a yeah. pure sound. Like, like yes. for example, like the song "Fun Girl" on "Over It," I think is a perfect example of that. Like homemade, like like fresh. Like she like wrote this with a purpose. Song compared yeah. to other songs in the album, were definitely felt more like okay, I need to have a song like this on there to do this type of sales or to reach this kind of audience, you know. Whereas "Fun Girl," you know. Maybe not. Maybe people won't like replay it necessarily. But it, I feel like it ties in the album's theme cohesively more better than you know other songs. So that's yeah. what I would want to see, like an album of those. Yeah, for sure. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with our Moonlight review. Welcome back to the show, and now we're getting into our Moonlight review. And to start with the overview, Moonlight is a 2016 coming of age drama film written and directed by Barry Jenkins based on Terrell Alvin McCraney's unpublished semi-autobiographical uh, play in Moonlight Black Boys Look Blue, starring um, Javante Rhodes, Andre Holland, Janelle Monet, Ashton Sanders, Jarell Jerome, Naomi Harris, and Mahershala Ali. Uh, it had a budget of $1.5 to $4 million and brought in $65.3 million in the box office. And um, this film presents the three stages in the life of the main character, um, you know, with his sexuality and identity, including just the physical and emotional abuse he endures growing up. Uh, has a 98% rating on Rotten Tomatoes and won the Academy Award for Best Picture along with um, Best Supporting Actor for Mersha Lee and Best Adapted Screenplay for Jenkins and accumulated eight nominations. Um, but to you, Maurice, like looking at this film, like 
what were your initial thoughts on it? And just, you know, as it was one that has, you know, just so much empathy and, and humanity in it. Yeah, I, I when I was watching this movie, you know, and I think all A24 movies, you know, have this similar, like, I guess, melancholic feel, I guess, is yeah. the right word for it. Uh, but yeah, I just, I was really able to, like, understand the characters' emotions, what they were going yeah. through. Um and, like, just feel for them and to relate to their humanity and, like, their desire to relate to the others in the movie. So I really appreciated that, how the director was able to portray that through, or even just the actors being able to portray that through their acting. Um, and the director being able to portray that through the sequencing of the storyline and and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I thought this movie was really solid. Yeah, and, and Barry Jenkins even said in, in an interview like a, like a few years ago with the Hollywood Reporter that his toughest challenge was making was having like three different actors and play the main character essentially. Well, like yeah. in terms like Maurice, like to you, like do you think that was one of like maybe the biggest hurdles that you kind of like detected early on that it was going to be it, it, he pulled it off, but it still was going to be a challenge to have like three different actors play just the the essential main character. Yeah, because it's like they all have to have the same personality. And obviously, yeah. that's really hard to do with actors, you know, because especially with them being like different ages. So they're mm-hmm. all going through different things in their real life, you know. So to be able to put on that character and to act in that character and be that character um, with three different people is something that's really hard to do. And, you know, I think what helped with them with the with it is like, the character did not have that many lines. So, like, mm. all they had to… I mean, maybe that's even harder to do. It's like, since they don't have lines to… to in dialogue… They've got to convey of, through the yeah. emotion and, and how… The, you know, just the body yeah. language. So, that's that's actually… Uh, now that I think about it, that's pretty hard to do. You know, but I think yeah. it also… It, it made it to where, like, there was just, like, awkward tone the whole movie. Where, like, you didn't know what the… What was happening, like, in terms of, like… The, how the character is thinking, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't, you mm-hmm. can never really tell how exactly what the character thought. You know, it was very like dependent on what happened in that scene, and that's you would just assume that you had to come this, to, to to the conclusion yourself instead of like exactly. it actually being revealed. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so Savon, yeah, definitely. Um, Savon, so you kind of like what were your initial thoughts? Uh, you know, on this film, it was obviously just you know highly regarded, and you know gets the best the best picture. What were kind of your initial thoughts just of of how it was put together? And do you feel as though it lived up to, you know, receiving the biggest award for the movie year? I think so. I watched it, I think, on Monday for the (laughs) first time. And I was like, I was kind of blown away. And for the three, and we always see a younger actor playing and then it transitions to an older actor. But the younger actor Mm -hmm. has a small part. But to have three, all three who are, who are being, you know, Get it to a point where they're known in Hollywood, especially uh, what's the the teenager Ashton Sanders, who's he's played yeah. with Denzel, he played in some other roles, he played in Wu Tang Saga now, playing RZA. So he's being you know catapulted to the to stardom, but you see these guys play the same role and and still bring a different element to it, but at the same time making sure they all align with each other so the story won't get all wonky. So that's what mm-hmm. I loved about. That's extremely difficult, like Reese said. The casting director, what a fantastic job he did. And yeah. just having a story that you don't see. So it's, it's definitely relatable. How many people have seen, are living this life or lived that life before 
with poverty, being black, being, you know, having, you know, wanting to explore sexuality and not mm-hmm. being, you know, seeing like it's it's all about, I guess, um, being able to see yourself rippled in a movie as so, so crazy, like that you get in, indulged in. And I think this is a movie that can do that. So it definitely lived up to expectations and all three actors, man, incredible job. Down the yeah. line, man. Crazy. Yeah. Definitely. definitely lived up to expectations. Yeah, absolutely. And, and getting to our first topic from one of four stars, uh, what would you give it? Um, I, I would definitely give it four as this was just a masterclass character study that, you know, did not feel scripted at all, but was very real and delivered um, an important important story that needed to be told and rarely does get told and, and has the ability to. Um, but Maurice, to you, like from one of four stars, uh, what would you give it and kind of like some of your reasons? Yeah. So I think I'm going to give it like a, a 3.6. All right. So it, to me, it's not a full four stars just because like I, I do think and, and like I said, it helped out tell the story. But I do think there was this like not knowing what's going on feel right. throughout the movie, yeah. especially at the beginning until you realize like you didn't even realize that the main character was like, you know, homosexual until like halfway throughout the movie. And like even when they when he asked about it, um, you know, he asked Juan uh, in that one scene. It was never indicated that like he he was that. It was just oh yeah. Juan kid. was trying to tell him like you're not yeah. really like that. You can accept. Who yeah, you are. exactly. And it's like, and, and I I assumed it was like I mean because I I honestly didn't have any prior knowledge into what the movie was about before watching it. So that's what that's why I didn't know. I mean, obviously, I think it was marketed as that type of movie. So I didn't. So I didn't. You know, I didn't have any backstory. But anyways. Um, from a fresh eye standpoint, like I said, I couldn't tell that that's what was happening. And so, like, in that scene, it just felt like, oh, these kids are picking me at school. And then, you know, Juan was just like, oh, don't believe what they say. They're just being kids, you know. So I didn't know that that's what was happening. So, And I felt that way throughout, like, pretty much the whole movie until the scene on the beach, um, you know. And then that's when I realized, oh, this is what's happening. This is what this movie is yeah. about. So um, yeah. that's what I would say what kind of held me back a little bit was just not knowing what the movie was about necessarily. And then just like the whole flow of the movie. Um, but otherwise it was just a really solid movie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, so you Savon, from your perspective, uh, from one to four stars, what would kind of be your particular rating? I'll have to give it four stars. And mm-hmm. to, you know, go back off a reset and then go the other way. I think that's the beauty of it, right? Mm-hmm. Because the story is someone who's undercover right? Who doesn't mm. want to flaunt his sexual um, preference. So a lot of people go through a life doing that all the way from, I guess, teenage years to adult years, and they wait to a certain point to be like, okay, I'm going to come out. That's the same thing with the film. I think they really did a great job of carrying out the narrative of what people go through in every day about their sexuality. And it took you a minute. You like, you'll never say, oh, do like guys? I would have never thought he's the most macho mm. guy. And that's the whole premise. It wasn't supposed to give you the answers because yeah. now you're like, oh, wow, he's, he's homosexual? Like, like bro, like, <laughs> what? You homosexual? Yeah. Like, so Caught you off guard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because in real life, it catches you off guard. Like Frank Ocean. I knew he was kind of, you know, weird, but I never knew the guy was a homosexual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until you listen to his the, the the album and I'm like, oh, he talking about a dude now. Like like mm-hmm. now you like you feel it like that. It's just yeah. So that's why I was like, oh yeah, they did it perfectly. 
because that's happened in real life. People don't even know who's homosexual, who's lesbian, blah blah blah. blah. Let's yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and now getting to to favorite character for me personally, I would have Juan as he was you know just such a nuanced character and yeah. gave little the, the guidance, self assurance, and um just refuge from a tumultuous home life and constantly reiterated reiterated to him that he was just okay being who he was and to not listen to like any, any of the things that he was being told at school and just how um, the bullying that he was um, experiencing Uh, to you, Maurice kind of like who was your overall favorite character in this one? I would say definitely Juan as well, because you could Mm -hmm. see his impact throughout the whole movie. He literally grew up to be just like him. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's that Uh, was, that was one of the initial takeaways I took at the end. Like that was who he was. Yeah, exactly. It it literally changed like his whole life. And even after the fact, like um with Teresa still taking care of him, you know, and they still talked about him in the movie. I I, I wish they would have shown like, you know, how he died or like, you know, Funeral. some more impact of like that like the direct impact of like when he died, like how that affected mm-hmm. um him. But like uh I still appreciate that they definitely they definitely showed that he with the little time that he did have in the movie. You know, just at the beginning, he still had an impact throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, Savon, to you, kind of like who was your favorite character overall in this one? I really didn't have a favorite character, but the character that I feel like impacted the main character so much, I think it was Paula. And mm. Her character impacted the whole movie, even with them sitting down. And I think she was like in rehab. I think she was in rehab. Um, yeah. And just having that conversation and him still having that anger and that bitterness. And she don't, you know what I mean? It's just like, it all comes, stems from something. So like his personality, who he is, stems from all of it. What he's been through, his dad not being with him. You know, stuff like that. So yeah, it's just, I think he's just so realistic. But Paula, and I didn't want to pick Juan because that was the first person. <laughs> <laughs> A unanimous pick for Juan. Oh, <laughs> uh, I can't make Juan now. <laughs> Canceled out. <laughs> uh, but but now getting into most memorable scenes, um, I had on the block with Juan where, you know, we get an intro- introduction into the lifestyle he has and uh, him being a drug dealer. Uh, also middle of the world where Juan teaches Little how to swim. Um, decide for yourself where after swimming, Juan teaches Little the importance of establishing who you're going to be in the world and making your own decisions. Uh, the chair revenge scene where, where Sh- Chiron gets back at Terrell after he's, you know, beaten up by him and his friends earlier in the day at school. Uh, Juan and Paula's confrontation, which was later in the film. Um, also, forgiveness, where Paula um, apologizes to Chiron about um, neglecting him in, in his younger years. And then finally, um, the diner scene where Kevin and Chiron catch up and discuss old times and also where they're at in their lives now. Um, but, but to you, Maurice, kind of like what were some of your memorable scenes or just maybe one in this in this film? Yeah, I think I think the, the interaction with his mom at, at rehab was definitely the most impactful scene to me. Um, Just because it was, like, rawness and emotion. And, like, you know, that confrontation needed to happen, you know. Mm -hmm. And for him to be able to, you know, be like, yeah, you know, you weren't there for me. And then she knows that and then owns up to it in that moment. Because previously, she never owned up to it. And she, like, blamed him, you know. Um, So that that definitely was the most memorable scene for me. Definitely. Um, To you, Savon, kind of, like, what were some of your memorable scenes uh, from this one? Um, the one that stood out the most was, you know, Paula apologizing to Sharon, Sharon, whatever his name is. I always keep saying Sharon. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Bro, I get it from my brothers, man, whatever his name is. Um, but like that, you know, that scene for her to have that point where she can't apologize to some parents will do the most 
tenacious things to their kids and won't apologize, won't even say sorry, won't even show, you know what I mean? So that, mm-hmm. being able to see that, even though it's mm-hmm. on the screen is really dope, because most parents are, you know, feel like they shouldn't do it. And she, you know, humbled herself and did it. So I think that was really dope too. Yeah, definitely. Um, transitioning to most memorable quotes, um, I had uh, What's Down There from Juan, um, let your head rest in my hand. I got you from one. Um, also, you know the rule. It's all love and pride in this house from Teresa. Um, I cry so much. Sometimes I feel like I'm going to just turn into drops from Chiron. Uh, you ain't got to love You ain't got to love me, but you got to know that I love you from Paula. Um, I'm me from Chiron. And also, finally, uh, in Moonlight, Black Boys Look Blue from Juan. Uh, to you, Maurice, kind of like what was one quote or maybe a, a, a couple that like, really stood out to you in this film? Um, I think the scene where... Uh, so again, the Paula scene, uh, she says something along the lines of, uh, you don't got to love me, but I need you to know that I love you. And I know yeah. um, I didn't love you when you needed me to. So I think that was like her owning up to like, yeah, I didn't love you uh, when I needed to. And that's like, that had happened. You know what I'm saying? She owned up to that. And she is also saying like, I'm not asking for forgiveness. I'm not asking for you to love me back. I just want to let you know that I'm here now. You know what I'm saying? And regardless of what you think, it, it is what it is, you know? So I really appreciated that quote because mm-hmm. I think that's how a lot of parents end up being uh, in the future. You know, they own, they own up to their mistakes and the, like maybe like how they raise you or whatever. And then like, uh, you know, later in life, they'll realize what they did and they'll be like, apologize for it or like acknowledge it at least then. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Savon, to you, kind of like, what were some of your memorable quotes in, in, in this one? Um, I don't know, it's probably weird, but um, when Kevin asks, who is Sharon? And then he's like, I'm me, man. Mm. I ain't trying to be nothing. I like that one. Yeah, yeah that was good. But that was really dope. Um, yeah, absolutely. Really summed up his own character. Or his whole, you know, who he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, now, transitioning to what did you like uh, the most about the storyline? Um. To me, just how the film was able to to stay completely focused on its characters, but also deal with universal themes of identity, family, and masculinity just in a confident and direct way just really set this film apart from other ones. Um, I mean, especially in that year of 2016. Um, but but to you, Maurice, kind of like what what was like one particular element of this film uh, or just a part of the storyline that you kind of liked the most? You know, I really, I really appreciated the parallelism between uh, Juan and how... Uh, and how he, the main character grew up to be just like him and like living pretty much the same life, you know, being a, a drug dealer and, and uh, staying in the, the hood um, and not really being able to escape. Whereas we see Kevin did escape. He, he's a cook now after, you know, he got in jail and stuff. He escaped that lifestyle and moved on. And that's why he, he doesn't recognize him anymore because, you know, uh, because Tyrone stayed in that in that in that thing and became yeah. who who Juan was. So yeah, exactly. Um, to you, Savon, what was like a, a particular element of this storyline that that kind of resonated with you the most? Being able to be realistic, being mm-hmm. able to have the story to be realistic. Because, mm-hmm. like I said before, I love the way they didn't like give you he was you know he was a homosexual. They didn't give that to you. Mm-hmm. Because you don't get that in real life. I think the realistic element you have, and then where does it stem from? Not saying, I mean, what does it stem from? What how choices? What choices you make to be to get to this path? His mom was a crack addict, did, but he still had this positive reinforcement over here. 
Mm-hmm. And then that made me drift to like, well, this guy loves me. You know what I mean? So it kind of just, I don't know, it was just realistic to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was I was gonna let you keep going. <laughs> um but 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 when you look at Mahershala Ali, he, he wins best supporting actor. He has just so much presence in this film. Like to you, Maurice, in terms of just what he was able to do in this movie, he, like he's obviously been in just a, a lot of you know uh films where he's been able to get exposure and be a seasoned well seasoned actor, like do you feel as though the presence that he had in terms of just what he was able to bring to the table um, was just one of the things that was able to make this one of the best characters in the film overall? Because he was extremely just credited for for what he, the realness he was able to bring. And he even said in an interview that he resonated with this character and that's why he was able to perform it so well. Yeah. Yeah, I think he he did a really good job and he he knew the the mission and he accomplished it, you know. Um, right. And... And yeah, being able to resonate with the character, I think, is a big part of that because you, since you can relate to it, you can draw from those emotions and you can draw, you can draw from those feelings to, to show that to even in front of a camera. So, um, you know, I think, like you said, the casting director just did a really good job of recognizing that someone was able to relate to this character, and yeah. it's almost like the being that actor to be able to play this character, you can tell your own story through you know, your work and like what you do on, on as an actor. So that's, Definitely. that's really cool. Yeah. And, and Savon to you, like, like what, what stood out to you the most of Mahershala Ali's performance? Cause obviously he's been in, 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 in uh, a lot of films in the past before and has so much presence in, in the roles that he, in the roles that he's, you know, put into. And especially this one, it was evident that he was going to deliver um, just a defining, a career defining type of performance. You know, I think, he brought, like, he was able to empathize and sympathize in this movie, in this role, even with his profession, I'm going to call it profession, mm. entrepreneurship of selling dope and being in Miami and being a guy, but also had this soft spot for the kid. And yeah. to be able to sympathize and empathize because a lot of guys in real life know how to switch it on and switch it off. Yeah. Know how to go get it and be a go-getter, go do whatever means necessary. But also, okay, I got to make sure, you know, my son's good or my people good. I got to make sure I'm a vet. You know what I mean? Like, it's, he brought that element to the role and really that role because it's, it's, it's realistic. A lot of people who sell dope or whatever still have a cold. Just like the mafia has a cold with family. Yeah. Don't touch family. You don't do this with family. Like, you don't sell to certain people. You don't sell to a mom. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so he he knew he under like we said he understood it, the assignment and he did what he had to do and he brought that empath- that empathetic and sympathetic, you know, sympathetic element to the character which is realistic he's probably lived well seen that life before or been mm-hmm. around it enough to be like okay I can portray that so yeah. yeah absolutely um and now getting to our last topic ten years from now do you still think this will be watchable and intriguing um I definitely think it will as you know it's just one of the rare movies that doesn't you know. That, that just doesn't take a wrong step and a climax in a scene of dialogue, which is, you know, a testament to how Barry Jenkins and his team, sh- you know, shoot Miami in a way that we don't often see using their setting just brilliantly. Um, but to you, Maurice, kind of like, what do you think will make this, or, or do you think this will be a watchable, intriguing film another decade from now? Yeah, I man, I think it, like Savon was saying, how how realistic it was. I think this, you know, if if not being the movie to to go back and watch, it at least was a pioneer in showing yeah. this type of realism for this community. 
Um, and so it definitely paved the way to for there to be other movies like this. Um, and for it to be at like a, a really big level. Because obviously there's probably a lot more movies that, you know, address these issues um, within the community. But I think to be on this level, especially from a studio like A24, um, you know, it just sets the tone for 10 years from now, there being a lot more movies just like this one. And so I think this movie, when you watch it back in 10 years, it'll be like, you know, I think, like I said, I think most people when they watch the movie will probably be like, okay, this this was like the one to set the tone. Oh, yeah. uh, maybe not even being like the the best movie to ever do it necessarily. Like there might be other movies in the future that is like that, that set the template. But this one definitely paved the way, so. Definitely. Um, to you, Savon, to, to close it out, what do you think will make this a watchable, intriguing film another decade from now? It's based on a true story without being a true story. Mm. And I think that's why people are watching Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Maurice, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, we always enjoy just, yeah, round of applause. Round of, you got to add in the round of applause effects when yes. this is done, man. <laughs> hey, I've been adding them. I don't know if y'all catch on. Yes, them, but yes, I, I thank you. Listening. Thank you. Greatly appreciate it. Greatly appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. I've been, be trying to, I've been trying to keep it funny, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, man, it has been an absolute pleasure, and we always enjoy having you on, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Definitely. Well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm Hills Winds of Burns, along my counterpart, Savon Morse. This has been Full Scope. See you later.